0: Lord, we love you. And we've gathered into your house today for one reason only, and that's to encounter the presence and the power of our great God. So, God, would you honor us today with your presence? Would you help us to lean in to what you want to say to us through the power of your word? God, I'm just going to speak for Dwayne. I don't want to be lukewarm. I don't want to be half-hearted. I don't want to be a status quo Christian. I want to go all in. I want to give you everything I've got. I want to give you all of me. And God, I believe there's a few people who would reflect those same sentiments here today. So as we just dive into your word, help us, God, to go all in. Everybody said Amen. amen. I hope that's your prayer today. Uh, Because that's what we've been talking about over the last few weeks. We've been kind of unpacking the idea of what it looks like for you and I to go all in. The verse we've been paying attention to each week is John 10 and 10. And it says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. That they may have life. You ever notice that word? They may have life. And I'm going to tell you that you have the option for abundant life. And I believe that the work of salvation is done on the cross. You believe that with me? But how many know you and I got a part in the process? That if if we're going to experience the abundant life of Christ that we may have, you and I have got some choices to make. And that's what this sermon series has been all about. Week one... We talked about that God has a good plan for you. Do you believe that? Man, I, I, when, I, when I held that baby for the first time, this is what was going on in my head and in my heart. God, you've got a plan for this precious little girl. But how many know that in order to follow God's plan, you and I have got a choice to make? In fact, we've got a series of choices to make. Then week two, we talked about the trust choice. We said that we can trust Christ because he is trustworthy. Let me you know he's worthy of our trust. And then last week, my wife just hits it out of the park with the yes choice. In other words, God's calling you. God's calling you with a plan. God's calling you with a purpose. God's calling you with something to do. But you got to decide whether or not you're going to say yes. That brings us to today. And, and I hope, man, I, I told them in the prayer room, if if I. I hate saying if because I really feel like God's put something on my heart that I need to put on paper and, and, it, it, and if this becomes a book it's going to be called this The Human Element because you and I have got a part to play in our spiritual journey how many know that God's just not going to pour it on you that you and I have got a choice to make in our journey toward spiritual maturity and that's what today is all about today's called The Growth Choice And I hope that today you and I choose to grow. Choose to become more like Christ. Choose to let Christ and the power of His Word and His Spirit and His community of faith transform our lives. That's what today is all about. So I I want you to just lean in with me. And I want you over the next few minutes to challenge yourself to make the growth choice. That's the first fill in by the way spiritual growth is a choice I'm going to say something you're going to push back on it you're going to think I'm mean but it's just the truth you're as close to God right now as you want to be God's provided everything that you need to do your part he's already done his you're as close to God as you want to be well he feels distant well move You're as close to God today as you want to be. Well, there was a time in my life when I used to be closer to God than I am now. Well, guess who moved? You you with me? You see what I'm trying to say? It's, if you want to be close to God, you can. Some people have this illusion that people that walk, it's just for preachers and it's just for teachers and worship leaders. No, it's for you. You can walk Closely with your father but you got to do some stuff we don't like that do we well God aren't you supposed to God's done his part so in order to talk about the growth choice we're going to look at one particular passage of scripture and I love this passage and it's found in Ephesians chapter 4 verses 13 to 15 we're going to read it and then we're going to unpack it a little bit is that all right? I'm doing it anyway (laughs) Ephesians chapter 4 verses 13 to 15 say this this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord isn't that the goal by the way Um, let's let's just let's just talk because we're all family right Ever felt like you got stuck? Ever felt like, well, I was growing and then I just kind of hit this plateau and and it's just, just not there. Have you ever, maybe you've said these words? I just ain't feeling it anymore. See, we're gonna we're gonna deal with your feelings today, so that we'll be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. Anybody else besides Dwayne get immature sometimes? Yeah. Uh, thank you for three honest hands, right? I love telling this story. On, on the day of Mikey's, Mikey's wedding, we were in the middle of a series called Pray First. And uh, we were using Mikey's very expensive lap, laptop to uh, run the music. And Ezekiel Weeder was kind of doing the deal and My job, my job, I had one job to get Mikey's laptop and bring it home. Guess what I did not do? I did not get it. And so I am panicking. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I got to replace Mikey's computer. And so I called Ezekiel, and I couldn't get in touch with Ezekiel, so I I called Stacy. Have you talked to him? And I told her the whole story, and she said two words to me. You know what she said? Pray first. wasn't even fair, was it? Sometimes we get immature, don't we? Imm- immature like children, we won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching, we'll not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way, in every way, in every way, somebody circle, every way, look at somebody and say, in every way, look at somebody else and say, every way. More and more like Christ. Because you ain't there yet. Neither am I. Who is the head of his body, the church. Amen. So we're gonna, we're gonna unpack this in, 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 a, in a couple different ways. First way, I want I want you to understand that growth is a process. See what it says? This will continue. Ephesians chapter 4, 13. This will continue the most dangerous place you can be as a believer, as a follower of Christ, is comfortable in your own spiritual maturity. One step beyond comfort is complacency. One step beyond complacency is stagnation. One step beyond stagnation is death. See, our spiritual growth should be a process. And it should not end until we see his face. Until, Scripture says, until we reach the full measure of the standard of Christ. And how many know that's not going to happen on this planet? And so spiritual growth should be a process that you and I invest our lives into. It's not something that happens one time at an altar. It's not something that happens just on a retreat. It's not something that happens during a revival. It's not something, it's something that should happen Continually perpetual because growth is a process. Growth takes place, write this down, in a community. Listen, listen to a couple of little buzzwords in, in Ephesians 4. Until such time, excuse me, until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature. We used to say this a lot uh, a, a year or so ago when we were going through our 40 days of community that we are better, say it loud, better together. We're better together. There's, there's no place for spiritual long rangers. There's no place for spiritual growth in a vacuum. There's no place for spiritual growth in isolation. Now listen, if you live on a desert island all by yourself, then you've got no choice, but you don't. You're part of a community that loves you and believes in you and wants wants you to win. I, I don't know how else to say it, but to say it like this. I need you. You need me. We need each other. Spiritual growth happens in community. It doesn't happen in isolation. And listen, if you're trying to isolate yourself, that's red flag number one. You've been there, haven't you? You know what? I don't want to talk to nobody from the church. You know why you don't want to? Because they're going to tell you what you know you don't want to hear. That's the very time you ought to reach out. That's the very time you ought to say, uh, I ain't feeling it. Can I let you in a little secret? Listen to this. This is, this is earth shattering. You ain't always going to feel it. It ain't always going to be like it is when Donna's singing her song and, and, and we're all together worshiping. It ain't always going to feel that way. That's when you need community. That's when you need family. That's when you need people that you know will pray for you, that will encourage you, that will tell you the hard stuff. Because spiritual growth happens in community. <laughs> Man, I, I'll tell you, I, I've... Uh, the. The, lo- the lowest place I've ever been in my life spiritually. I was in a church every Sunday. Every Sunday. On stage, singing about the goodness of God and his grace and mercy. But the problem is I was in a different church every Sunday. I wasn't part of a community. That's as low as I've ever been. You were, you were in church Every Sunday. I was, but I, I, I didn't have people that were investing into my life, and I didn't have people that were helping me grow and calling me out for my inconsistencies, and loving me through my uh, my sin. And I got so comfortable. So when I look at you and I tell you that the most dangerous place to be is comfortable, I'm telling you that because I lived it, and I don't want that for you. And so if you come here and you get uncomfortable. Hallelujah. I hope you, if, if you're in a place, and listen, and we're all there in some way, shape, form, or fashion, where we got growth that needs to happen, and you come here, and the Holy Spirit turns up a knob in your heart. Yes, that's what we're praying for, but you got to say yes. Hey, we can pray the call, the Holy Spirit can send the call, but you've got an option to ignore the call. Spiritual growth happens in community. Spiritual growth requires effort. Oh, wouldn't it be easier if we could just say, God, I need to. There, there's this area in my life that's that doesn't belong. And so I just need you to wash it away. Just, now I believe he washes our sin away. And, and, and sometimes he answers that prayer. And I don't know why. Donna's got a cousin that had a $700 a day cocaine habit And God In one fell swoop I'm going to tell you that's the exception and not the rule Most of the time Most of the time God's going to call us to go through a process And the process can be painful But there's goodness on the other side of the process But listen to me it's it probably not going to happen if all you do is just not. Y'all know how I feel about the power of prayer, don't I? Faith without works is you got to do something. And it takes effort to grow. Anybody ever go to a gym? Now, now clearly I do. Why is that funny? That's not supposed to be funny. You can go to a gym and you can walk around those machines all you want to. But until you sit down and get sweaty, nothing's going to happen. And I'm going to tell you that you and I need need to get in the business of getting a little spiritually sweaty. Doing the work. Oh, people don't like that. How many want to be a disciple? No, No kidding, raise your hand. I want to be a disciple. Guess what word we get the the word discipline from? We don't like that. We don't like the idea that if I'm going to grow, then I've got to do the stuff. I need to pray when I don't feel like praying. I I need to get my nose in God's word when I don't feel like it, when it's not exciting. I need to be a part of a community when I'd just rather stay home. I need to be connected to a growth group because it's what's going to help me grow. And I know Survivor comes on on Wednesday nights. (laughs) I got three words for you. D (laughs) V R. Are are you with me? Are are you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes it don't feel good. Do it anyway. It takes effort. Now now listen, that kind of talk doesn't sell a billion books. But it might get you to heaven. And here's what I'm concerned about. We, we, we live in this society where we want everything done for us. Think about it. What would your mama tell you about getting in the car with strangers? You should never do that. Now we have an app. So they'll pick us up and take us anywhere we want to go. Right? The world is changing. We want everything done for us. You know, we we want our food brought to us. We want it with with little to no effort on our own. And I'm going to tell you that if you're going to find your place and your destiny in Christ, you're going to have to dig a little. You have to do it when it doesn't feel good. But it's so worth it. Because listen to me. Growth doesn't just happen. Well, I, I get it, Dwayne, but I've here's here's where I'm at. I was growing, and then I kind of plateaued, and I I, I was I, I started coming to church, and I was I was I was listening to what you said, and and I was trying to connect, and I was try, and then I just kind of I just kind of leveled out on on the plateau. You know what they tell bodybuilders and and fitness people like me what what to do on the plateau? Do you you quit on the plateau? You got to work through it, don't you? You got to work through it. So I'm going to tell you to stay nourished on the plateau. I'm going to tell you to continue doing it even when you don't feel like it. Because you don't know what God's doing that you don't understand. You don't know what God's doing behind the scenes on the plateau. You don't know what God's forming in you, building in you, working out in you. Even when you don't feel it. Well, it feels like I've just been here forever. I don't care. Keep it up. Stay nourished on the plateau. Talk to Jesus. Get your nose in a book. We talked in growth track today. You know, I, maybe this isn't the right thing to say. Um, I, I don't care if you don't read your Bible for 90 minutes every morning. If, if that's you, go. Here's what I'd rather you do, rather, because you're not going to. You know, don't make this commitment. I'm gonna read my Bible. I'm gonna get up, for, you know, 90 minutes early, read my body Bible for 90 minutes. If you're like me, you'd go to sleep in 10. Am I right or wrong? Here's what I'm gonna challenge you to do: every day, pull something out of that book that that you can latch onto. If that's three verses, it's three verses. If it's three, I, I don't, I'm not gonna quantify the amount of time you need to. I'm just gonna say, find something you can hang on to. And, and here's what will happen. If you'll start developing that habit, we don't like the word habit, but it's a great habit to have, if you, then all of a sudden, when you get on that plateau, guess what's in your heart? The Word of God. Guess what's going to pull you out of that nonsense is the Word of God. Because you have poured it in, and, and God has this way, and I don't know how it works. God has this way of storing up stuff you don't know He's storing up. And at just the right time, all of a sudden, there's, the Word of God is in your spirit. And it's, it's pressing you through some junk that you didn't know you were going to have to go through. And, and, and when my sermon don't help you and when Donna's fussing at you doesn't help you or when Clint Angie's loving on you on Tuesday night doesn't help you, if, if you've deposited those words, the power of God's word in your heart, guess what will get you through? What nothing else will. Doesn't just happen. Stay nourished on the plateau. Now here's something else I want to tell you. Instant growth. Is unhealthy growth. Ask Barry Bonds. Here's what the Bible said we just read. Immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about. By every wind of new teaching. Will not be influenced. When people try to trick us. With lies so clever. They sound like the truth. Let me tell you what we're not going to do. With this new grandchild. You know when, when they bring her home. Mikey Kelly's not going to set her down in, in her little cradle with all the little pads and, you know, cute little bunny stuff at night and then wake, expect her to wake up the next morning helping Kelly cook dinner. Doesn't work that way, does it? You know, I didn't, I didn't put Mikey and Matthew in their, in their, in their cradle on, on Wednesday night and then ask him to cut the grass Thursday morning. Doesn't work that way. And just like we as human beings need time to grow and mature, you need time to grow and mature. I, I, y'all, I, I've seen it. I've seen it for years and years and years. And it works something like this. We'll have a revival service. People will Cry. Raise your hands and worship God and kneel at an altar, leave a pool of tears on the altar, and walk out the door, and nothing changes. Doesn't work. I've I've taken hundreds of students on on retreats, mission trips. Heard them stand up and talk about how how this weekend was a catalyst. For their, for their growth. And for many of them, it was because they changed when they got home. But guess what happens when all it is is a service, all it is is a retreat, and, and we don't put the effort in when we get home? Just, we'll hear a great sermon and think, I'm changing. And it stays right here. Now, listen, I would never discount the power of this altar. But if this altar, if an experience of this altar doesn't cause you to change when you leave this building it it, it's, it's just it's emotion. And that's not growth. Growth can never be about the experience. Man, I want you to come in here and I want when the worship band is going and Scott's Doing his guitar thing. I love to watch him because he's so focused. He's like. Bleh, bleh, bleh. And, 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 the, and the band's going. I, I want you to experience the power of the Holy Spirit in that moment. And I want you. To, when I'm preaching. I want you to experience the power of the Holy Spirit. When we pray around this altar. I want you to experience the power. But it can never be about the experience alone. An experience that's not followed. With daily discipline. Will soon fade. It won't foster genuine growth. I want the experience, but I want that to change you when you leave this building. I joined a gym one time. Actually, I joined a gym about 30 times, but this is one time I'm going to talk to you about And I I joined this gym, and, and you had this initial tour. Anybody been on the initial tour of the gym? You know what I'm talking about? And they're they're showing you the machine, and they're showing you the personal trainers, and everybody's so pretty. Everybody's so strong and fit. They will show you where you can buy your, you know, your spinach smoothie. And they they're showing you all this stuff on this tour, and you, and you're going, man, I I can, I can be that. I can I can do that. I I'm gonna get on that machine. I'm gonna get on that machine. I'm gonna get on that machine. I'm gonna, that machine. I'm gonna, that machine. I'm gonna take that class. I'm going to drink that disgusting green. <laughs> and then you walk out the door. And the next morning comes. You're supposed to go to the gym. And you're thinking, I'll start tomorrow. <laughs> and please, somebody else d- did that. I'll start tomorrow. Or, or this is my favorite one, Monday. God, give me the Monday. I will I'll do it Monday. Uh, No, I'm supposed to go to the Chinese Buffet Monday. Can't go. Oh, no, they're closed Monday, so I have to start Wednesday because I had to go to the Chinese Buffet Tuesday. Never going to happen, is it? We love the experience. We like the idea. We're not willing to put the work in. (laughs) I want you to hear this. The same Holy Spirit that provides the experience will give you strength on Monday. The same Holy Spirit that you sense so tangibly in this building will give you strength throughout when you're not in this building and the band's not playing. The same Holy Spirit if you'll do what it takes. I don't feel like praying. Pray anyway. I don't feel like reading. I don't feel like coming to church on Wednesday nights. I don't feel like going to New Life on Tuesday. I don't feel like going to the book study. I don't feel like doing. I don't care. I don't mean to be this way. But listen to me. Do it anyway. And you will thank me for it. Do it anyway. You can have an incredible experience. You can lift your hands. You can shed a tear on this altar. But an experience that isn't followed by the choice to grow will soon fade. I've heard people say, I can't wait to get to church. And I want you to say that, by the way. I want you to say, I can't wait to get to church. But I've heard it said from two different contexts. I've heard people say, I can't wait to get to church because they love to worship and they love to serve and they love to to, to be around God's people. And I've heard people say, I can't wait to get to church because I am wheezing and I am bleeding. And I'm going to tell you, that's not how you have to live. That the same power of the Holy Spirit that's available in this building is available in your home, in your car, in your cubicle. And if you'll call on... Listen, I want you to come in here excited to be here. But I, I don't want you to have to come in here wheezing and bleeding. I want you to come in here ready to serve and worship. I want you to come in here and your worship is an overflow of all that God's done in you all week long. Not uh, not CPR. Now listen. We've all been there. And I'm not beating you up. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm, we, we've all been to the place... I got, got to, if, if if I don't get somewhere where somebody knows how to pray, I'm not going to make it. I've been there. You with, you with me? If, but that's not supposed to that, that's not the that's not the rule. We ought to we ought to have it as as our as our as our mantra. God, I, I want my worship in the building to be a reflection of my worship outside of the building. I want my service inside the building to be a reflection of what you've done in me Monday to Saturday. And I'm going to tell you that's available, but it's a choice. Hmm. The, The growth choice, you can write this down. The growth choice will always involve surrender. Growing in every way, the scripture we read said, in every way, more and more like Christ. Listen, I love my wife. I don't want to be like her. I, I love all of y'all. I don't want to be like y'all. I want to be like Jesus. And the only way I'm going to be like Jesus. Is, is to do the things that Jesus did. If I'm going to be Christ like. We got to ask ourselves a question. Don't we? What was Christ like? I, I love there's this. There's this one passage. In Philippians chapter 2. And I, I read it all the time. I've read it to you. A zillion times, but I want you to grasp this. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 says, this. it's not on the screen, you're just going to have to listen to me. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. If I stop there, is that convicting enough for everybody in the room? You've got to have the same attitude Jesus had. Would, would you agree with me if I were to say, sometimes my, atti- my attitude don't look like Jesus? Me and Rusty, the only honest person. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen listen to what he said. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Let me tell you what I hear when I hear that phrase. Uh, He wasn't so connected to his position that he found himself too good to serve. I was, when we were in Statesboro, this, this, this guy came up to me and said, because I'm not going to say this because I was a youth pastor, but our, our, our youth group was the most exciting thing that ever happened to that church. <laughs> uh, and and, and it, that sounds arrogant, and I'm going to tell you, I had very little to do with it. But it was, it was growing, it was exciting, it was, it was just a lot of good things was happening. And he came up to me, and he said, I want to help you. And I said, I'm excited, I need help. He said, what can I do to help you? I said, well, I start stacking chairs about 6 o'clock on Wednesday night. You can come help me stack chairs. And he went, Oh. Never saw him. You know why? Because he didn't want to help me stack chairs. He wanted wanted to do the fun stuff. He wanted to go on retreats, and he wanted to... No. I'm going to tell you that Jesus said, I'll I'll stack the chairs. Jesus said, "I'll, I'll, I'll feed the hungry. I know I'm God. And... I'll heal the sick. I'll die for them all. So, there, there's our first, our first little clue what Christ was like. Instead, verses verse 7 he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, listen, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. So, what was Christ like? Christ was humble. Christ was obedient to God, and Christ lived a life where he placed the value of others before himself. Let's start there and see what happens. Now, Christ did a lot of other things, but what if we just start with those three things? Let's humble ourselves, let's be obedient to God, and live a life where we place the value of others above ourselves. What would this world look like if we just did those three things? So maybe that's your challenge as, as we get ready to leave in just a few moments. That God, I want to I wanna, I wanna be like Jesus and I know he was humble and I'm not. Help me be humble. I know he was obedient to God and I'm not. Show me my area of disobedience and I need your Holy Spirit to help me say no to the things I'm saying yes to and to say yes to the things I'm saying no to. And place the value of others before himself. And I'm not. Right now in my life you might say. It's all about me. Love me. Serve me. Feed me. And I'm going to tell you. That you'll never find that abundant life. Until you turn that around. I told you growth was a choice. Change isn't. Everybody's changing. There's your feeling. Everybody is in the process of change. How many of you have been in, on Facebook more than five years? Go back and look at your first picture and tell me you're not changing. <laughs> I go back and I look at some of those early pictures like when, when uh, Don and I were doing the youth group and we were playing games. And, and I looked and all of this was dark brown. <laughs> it ain't dark brown anymore. All of us are in the process of change. You have no choice in the fact that you're changing. I am going to tell you, you've got a choice in your direction of change. One of my favorite authors is C.S. Lewis. And he wrote this book called Mere Christianity. You ought to read it. I'm going to read you a quote from there. And it's a, it's a little heady, the quote is. So here, I use this phrase a lot. I want you to lean in. And I want you to pay attention. I want you to listen to what he's saying. You ready? Is that, do I have your undivided attention? Are you on the edge of your seat? No, you're not. I'm looking at you. (laughs) On the edge of your seat. Here's what I want you to listen to. Pay pay close attention. C.S. Lewis said, Every time you make a choice, you are turning the central part of you, the part of you that chooses, into something a little different from what it was before. And taking your life as a whole, with all your innumerable choices, all your life long, you are slowly turning this central thing Either into a heavenly creature or into a hellish creature. Either into a creature that is in harmony with God and with other creatures and with itself or else into one that is in a state of war and hatred with God and with its fellow creatures and with itself. To be the one kind of creature is heaven. That is, it is joy and peace and knowledge and power. To be the other means madness, horror, idiocy, Rage, impotence, and eternal loneliness. Each of us at each moment is progressing to the one state or the other. So if what he says is true, every choice I make, every decision I make, every step I take either takes me toward God or away from him. What if that was our barometer? God, is, is dating this person going to take me closer to you or take me further away? Is drinking this going to take me closer to you or further away? Is this relationship going to take me closer to you or further away? Is this website going to take me closer to you or further away? Because if what he says is true, and oh, by the way, I believe it is, every decision we make takes us closer to heaven or hell now thankfully the blood of Jesus cleanses us from our sin can I just stop there and ask you how many are thankful for the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from our sin then shouldn't our response be I'm so thankful for the blood of Jesus I want to make a choice that's going to make me more like you The answer to that is yes. 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 So here we go. I'm going to give you, in the time we have left, I'm going to give you four steps toward growth. Four steps toward growth. The first one is commit to the process. You know what commitment means? And Oh, by the way, do we live in a culture where, where that word has gotten a little gray? Commitment means I'm going to do it even when I don't feel like it. Now, you know me by now, and I'm not telling you that you're going to live a perfect life because you're not. I'm going to tell you that what what I'm asking you to take a step toward, the choice I'm asking you to make is to commit to the process of spiritual growth even when you don't feel like it. To be a part of community even when you don't feel like it. To be accountable to somebody even when you don't feel like it. To put your nose in the book even when you don't feel like it. To bow your knee to God even when you don't feel like it. Commit to... To the process even when you don't feel like it because you ain't always going to feel like it. Commit to the process. Number two, understand that the growth choice is a daily choice. And if, if C.S. Lewis is correct, it's more than that. It's a moment-by-moment choice. Man, I, I've talked to so many people who are living in their spiritual rearview mirror. Man, I I remember a time when God was working in my life and God was using me and I was, man, that's great. What's what's going on today? What's God doing in you today? Well, I remember how I I did this and I did that and that's awesome. I, I know that looks good in your trophy case. What about today? Who, who are you serving today? How are you growing t- today? What steps are you taking to be more like Jesus today? See, it, it genuinely is a daily decision. Well, one you don't understand. I get it. I, and, and in theory, I agree with you. But my life's a little hectic right now. And I got a lot going on. And I don't really have time for all this discipline stuff. I'm, I'm trying to think of another word. But this word just works for me. Stop. You, you think you don't have time to not do it. I'm going to tell you that. Hmm, my wife loves this passage of scripture. That if I'll seek first the kingdom of God. And all his righteousness. All these things. Tend to fall into place. Listen. If, if your world is hectic and you got a lot and your calendar is packed and you got work lined up that you know you're not going to get to anybody starting Monday morning with more to do than you know you're going to get done anybody you need to start your day in the presence of god maybe more than any other day because i need his strength and his wisdom and his guidance and his love and his mercy anybody going to have a conversation with somebody that you really don't want to have tomorrow? Well, guess what? You need the presence of God. Because some of you going to say something you shouldn't say. Right? How many of you would say things that you shouldn't say when, when you're not walking close to Jesus? I, I love it that we have the kind of relationship that we have. Because some of you, you, won't, you'd been, you wouldn't have been proud of me because I cussed that guy out. Like, well, well Okay. Let's, let's get ahead of that, right? All right. <laughs> Commit to the process. Understand that the growth choice is a daily choice. You're not going to like this one because some of y'all are like me. Stop trying to control the process. I'm, I'm going to read you this. Is there, Maybe, maybe it was the invention of the microwave oven... But how many of you want instant gratification? You want it, God, I want you to do this for me, and I need it like yesterday. So let's let's get it going. I'm going to read you a, a little snippet from a book I'm reading. It's called Invitation to a Journey. It says, instant gratification persons have great difficulty waiting patiently for God's timing, trusting God to bring the needed transformation in God's time, not theirs, Persevering in obedience even when there is no indication that such obedience is making any difference in their lives. Did that sting? Be obedient even when it doesn't look like it's doing any good. Because we want to control the process. Well God, if I pray on Monday morning and I read my Bible, then obviously by, by lunchtime, I'm going to be so holy that people my feet won't touch the ground. It's not how it works, right? it's a process and you don't control the process. The Holy Spirit controls the process and listen if you wanted it to happen, if it happened as fast as you wanted it to happen most of us couldn't handle it. Next step is recognize the power of community. See this Sometimes, when we're part of a community, we get get to hug and encourage each other. And sometimes, we hold each other accountable. Not too long ago, somebody came to me and asked me for some advice. And I, I, I gave them some advice. And then they came back later asking for more advice. And I said, well, have we done this? And th- and th- no, well, not really. And I said, H- how's your life going right now? Well, it's chaos. I'm like, get used to it. Because until you change something, you're going to get what you got. You, you need to be in a, a part of a community that's going to do that. That's not going to just patch on the back, oh, honey, it's going to be okay. Well, sometimes it ain't going to be Okay. Until you make a change. You need somebody that loves you enough. That loves you more than most American idol contestants. <laughs> have you ever watched that? And, and, and there's auditioning and you're like, they can't sing. Nobody in their life loved them enough to stop them from going on national television. And saying, baby, you can't sing. <laughs> Don't underestimate the power of community. I would like to tell you a story. But to do that, I have to show you. My watch. This is my, my Apple watch. I love my Apple watch because it's cool. But it helps me because it, it holds me accountable. Because if, I, if I'm working at my desk too long, it'll tell me to stand up. It says, get up. Fat butt, get up. <laughs> Not exactly like that. But one of the things that you can do is you can, you can work into a community. And so we have done that. Myself, my wife, and my beautiful daughter-in-law, Tylee, are in this little group and we compare our progress each day and my, my I did this with Donna for a long time and Donna it beats me every day because she's just you know just runs around but she doesn't, she doesn't, she doesn't say anything about it you know why because she's, she's different than Tylee you know Tylee, Tylee listen Tylee's competitive Donna's not competitive she's like okay yeah I won So a couple Thursday nights ago, she was way ahead of me, and she sends me this text. If you don't believe me, I'll show it to you later. (laughs) She said, how does it feel to get beat by two girls? (laughs) (laughs) Now, now listen to me. We were at at Thursday night men's Bible study. I didn't get home until 9.30, and she's way ahead of me. And I read that text, and I went... (laughs) So you know what I did? I took my happy honey downstairs, and I got on the treadmill till 11.30. (laughs) Passed her, sent her a text, and I said, how does it feel to get beat by a man twice your age? (laughs) All right, oh, there's more. few nights later um, you get these little these little notifications that say Donna just finished a workout Tyler just finished a workout so I got snarky because she finished a workout and I think what I said was that was almost amazing and she said still beating you so you know what I did I went back downstairs and I got on that treadmill and I'm like He going to smack talk me. I invented smack talk. I am not taking this from no little blonde-headed girl. (laughs) I got on the treadmill. Now that's funny, but guess what? Because we're in this community, I got my butt on the treadmill. (laughs) Community works. And you need to be a part of not just a community is going to get you moving, a community is going to help you grow closer to be more like Jesus. Be part of a community. Recognize the power of community. And lastly, respond well. If C.S. Lewis was right, tomorrow you're going to be faced with choice after choice after choice. Jesus, what would you have me do? Can, can I just throw this little nugget out at you, for that to work in your meeting tomorrow, man, it, it, you sure will have a, a better ear to listen if you'll talk to him early in the morning. If, if on your way to work, if you'll turn off sports radio and, and get quiet, listen to Jesus. If, if, you'll, if you'll turn off the television tomorrow night and, and, and tuck it away, And open your word. Spend some time with Jesus. And can I tell you that it's amazing how clear his voice will get when you become intentional about spending time with him on a regular basis. Don's going to come and play. It's time to go. Hey, here's what I I hope you take away from this today. I, I hope you make a choice to grow. I want you to bow your heads with me. Let's, let's pray. I, I don't want you to think that because I, I said the experience wasn't enough that there's no value in the experience because there is. See, I believe in an environment just like this. The Holy Spirit can move you in such a way to affect change in your life. And I'd like to pray to that end for you. And I want you to listen very carefully to this question. Do you need to grow? Are you as close to God as you want to be? let me let me tell you why I, I finished that message with this respond well, because you may ask this question, why should I? Why can't I just come to church and and do my little thing? Why should I want to take a step closer to Christ? Why would I want to be more like Him? If you had not heard anything else, hear this. Because He loves you and displayed His love for you in a way nobody else in this world could. He denied Himself, became humble, obedient to God, and gave Himself for you and that demands a response the heaven response is to say okay God because of the work that Jesus did on the cross my life now belongs to you so the choices I make I want to make heaven choices I want to, t- I want to make choices that draw me closer to you not cause me to take a step away from you. So in that context, if I were to say, how many of you would say, Pastor Dwayne, I need to grow. I just want you to put your hand in. Me too, y'all. Me too. So that's how we're going to pray. That the Holy Spirit does something in the hearts of all of us that moves us to make a change in our attitude, in our actions. On Monday, on Tuesday. That when we come into this building, we now come out of the overflow of our private worship so we can gather together in corporate worship and worship God out of the overflow of what he's done in our life all week long. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray together and we declare... We're not where we need to be. We want to be just like you, and we're not. But we want to be. We want to be more like you tomorrow than we are today. We want to be more like you tomorrow than we are today. So Holy Spirit, as only you can, would you burden our hearts? Would you convict us? For some of us, God, that... That means to lay down a habit, to lay down an addiction, to let you help us with some junk in our life. And and God, collectively and individually, we just lay it at your feet. God, I can't do this on my own, but I know with the help of your Son and your Spirit, for some of us, that's going to be a more active devotional life. Time spending in God's Word and prayer fellowship with other believers. It's part of a community of faith. For some of you, it's, it's making a choice to make better choices. So, Holy Spirit, I just pray that you do in us what only you can do. And when we leave this place, we leave making a choice to become more like Jesus. Don, I want you to just lead us in that chorus. And and let's just, before we receive our our morning tithes and offerings, let's just have a moment just to worship God and thank Him for His great love. To worship Him for His goodness and His grace and His mercy. To thank Him that He's a God that's that's not just out there, but He's connected to us. Let's, Let's worship the Lord for just a moment.